Well, hey guys, this month marks the one year anniversary of Pressing On. And Chris, mm-hmm. I remember when we launched this. Well, first of all, Chris Meekins. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear that, Chris? We got you on yes. the phone. Yeah, I'm on the phone. I'm I'm in uh, humidity-filled uh, Florida, the sunshine state and humidity <laughs> state. You don't even need your humidor down there. No, no, no. I just put my cigars out in the garage. They're great. <laughs> and then Jordy, victory. How's it going? Well, hey, I remember, guys, when we launched this, you know, a year ago. Chris, you and I, how, how did this actually come about? Do you remember? I think we were making coffee up in the... Uh, the upstairs worship service, whatever that was. The, the the kitchen upstairs, we would make coffee, you know, for yeah. everyone to come in. And we, we were talking, and, and one day I came in, we were, you come in and talk with me every Sunday morning, and you're like, uh, hey, blah, 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 blah. You're saying some kind of ridiculous stuff like you always do. And, I, <laughs> and I, I was like, hey, we should start a podcast. And you're like, what? And I thought, wow, it would be good. We, how can we reach men? How can we reach, you know, how can we reach people in a way that is uh, the future, where some guy can uh, listen while he's working out? So, we and that was all that. before we, COVID, right? Yeah, it was all before COVID. We were we were just kicking around, and and it was you were new doing men's ministry, and it was like, oh my gosh, not another thing, Chris. And so we kicked it around for probably. Over a year, yeah. Before then, before we got started, but that's that's kind of what happened. We were making, we were doing, we were serving together. That's how the that's how stuff happens. Yeah, and then you know we we were like, hey, we need to have somebody else besides just us, and yeah. that's yeah. when Jordy's name came about. And thankfully, Jordy said yes. Um, he was like, what the twentieth guy we asked, and then <laughs> I didn't know I had a choice. <laughs> And and you were his boss. That's right after you had appointed yeah. to be yeah, his boss. Yeah, the dynamics. I didn't know it was an ask. I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, no, he was the first time. guy we asked. We didn't ask anybody else. He was the first guy we asked, and we thought, you know, this guy's way smarter than us, and he's going to bring such a great dynamic, and, and you've done just that, Jordy. It's been great to do this with you guys. And, you know, we have our sponsor, Blackburnian Coffee. This is our first month with our our sponsor we thought it'd be really cool you know our first month that we have them is also our one-year anniversary and so this is what blackburnian is going to be doing every month they're going to be giving away a bag of coffee a free bag of coffee if you guys just go to their website blackburniancoffee.com it'll be on this podcast you can you can see it and click on it there too you know they're a they're an amazing company they're a micro batch roasting company based here in cleveland and um all the beans are fair trade organic roasted fresh in these small batches and they their coffee is different it tastes really fresh it's really really good and it's priced right sarah and josiah stumbo are the owners of this company and they're like i said they're gonna be giving away a bag of coffee every every month you go onto their website and you can get it there but this is the other cool thing as i was talking to them they said you know what we're gonna give your listeners 15 percent off all orders all year long not just for this month so um you if you just go to their website when you place your order at the end there uh you just put in the discount code pressing on when you order and you'll get that 15 percent off but today this is what we're going to be talking about today how can we be a positive leader while taking great action what do leaders do leaders influence others we've talked about that before on this podcast back in january and you know Sometimes we can also empower people, equip people, develop people, but it's all about influencing others. And that's the number one thing that leaders do. The way that you do this is by serving the people that you lead or the people that you influence. At least I can say the way that you do this is by serving according to Jesus. 
And seeing that we just celebrated Father's Day, we thought it'd be a great way uh, to kind of look at this through uh, the lens of family. How do we influence our families, making your family a better version of itself? What, what, what do you mean by family, Scott? Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to look at it from a biblical perspective. So the family is this foundational institutional society, essentially, ordained by God. It's constituted by marriage, and it's composed of people related to one another because of the marriage, either through birth or through adoption. And the family is this fundamental institution of human society, and that's from a biblical worldview, of course. But um, I thought it'd be really good for us to to look at how do we serve others through the scriptures. And let's, Jordy, I know that that you've got something to bring to the table on in in the Book of John. Yeah, kind of the inspiration for this episode. Jesus, what when he was doing his ministry on Earth, his disciples started to almost get a little competitive over like who's going to sit next to the throne of God in heaven? Who's going to rule over the earth with him? You know, they're hearing about this new kingdom and even Jesus relatives, the mom of one of the, one of his cousins, they're approaching him and saying, you know, Hey, can my son sit with you? And, and and Jesus does something so interesting. He turns and he takes I'd say moments later, but sometime in the very near future, he takes a basin and a towel and he washes his disciples' feet. And a couple things to consider are, first of all, this is sandals era, and this is this. These are the days of long walks everywhere you need to go. Yeah, and not cool sandals like we have today. Like you don't wear them for yeah. a fashion statement, right? Like a piece these, of, piece these were the of shoes. Lovers. These that, were the that, shoes. Yeah, that's what they wore. Dirt roads and no Uber. And so th- <laughs> these were some nasty feet. They they had they had just been on a walk. They'd just been on a journey, and also. In this culture, there was kind of a system of like, hey, if you're like more significant as far as your class of what part of society you are, you would not serve those below you. They would serve you. And so Jesus, who's telling everyone he's king of the world, he goes and he washes his disciples' feet. Peter's even like, no, you cannot do this. Well, even in the Jewish society, like the teacher would not be washing the disciples' feet. No. Right. And Jesus was a rabbi. And and so th- this thing happens, and one of the statements Jesus made during this whole scenario was in Matthew twenty twenty eight, for the Son of Man came to serve, who came to die on our behalf. But there's this idea of Jesus just unveiled this act was symbolic of his greatest service to humanity, which is his death on the cross. And it, and it begs the question for us to ponder for the rest of time is, you've got God, the leader of the world, Jesus, fully God, and he's willing to die for those he leads. And it reframes leadership as it wasn't for him. He didn't go down and serve himself. He came to not only lead, but to serve. And what we see is that those things are actually connected. And that trickles into how humanity is actually supposed to operate. Well, it really unveils, right? Because that's the creation order. Paul writes in Ephesians 5.25, he says, to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so there's this idea of like, all right, like you want to lead in your marriage, you want to you wanna lead in your home, you're, you're going to actually, it's, it's not for you, you're not ruling over this person, you're not managing them, you're actually using that role 
to serve. And it's the same in management, not that leadership or management's not a prominent position, but you actually take it and you do it in a way that it's better for those you lead, not for, not for yourself. And that's all kinds of implications that we'll be un- unpacking in this episode. Be a husband who would wash your wife's feet, maybe, maybe physically, but definitely symbolically. And that's really hard. I mean, I think it's, you know, it, it goes against a lot of what people have maybe taught us as we grew up or, you know, maybe generations through, um, that, that's not what I heard growing up. Oh yeah. It was, well, when you're an adult, when you're older, right. you can sit shotgun, you know, like I did right. my time, you right. know, I was at the that bottom, was, of, was, I was at the bottom of society. Right. That was, that was the whole thing with me growing up. I'm like, Hey man, my, my grandpa was angry. My dad was angry. Hey, it's my turn. I'm the boss here. I'm the Don <laughs> of the Meekins family. And I'm like, my kids are like, well, wait a minute. Didn't pastor talk about this on Sunday and you're, you're supposed to serve us. And I'm like, no, not you people, but uh, <laughs> serve everybody else, what, but your family. Yeah, right. I love how honest that is. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, you're like, wait a minute. Um, I was the other day I was listening to a story uh, about uh, this guy. Uh, I can't say his name. Dave, uh, Dave Alpern. Is yeah. that Alec? Yep. Anyway, he's um, he, he went to get a job with the uh, with Joe Gibbs Racing. So they just started. Joe Gibbs had just retired from the NFL. And he was like, hey, I, I know their family. I'm going to see if I can become an intern, a non-paint intern. And so uh, they said, yeah, you can come here and work for free and uh, we'll give you a broom closet and and uh, we'll clean it out and you can just work in there and do whatever it is that you think you could bring to the table. Well, he started out and, and he did every, anything or everything. And, and it, you know, he talks about how humble he is. He's graduated from college. He's a smart guy. And, and these are like really great people and he wants to prove himself and he's in a he's in a position of literally in a in a janitor's closet with a desk and uh no he had to run a plug outside because there wasn't even electricity in it for his for his laptop but anyway so he started out and he did anything and everything he put stickers on cars um because he was educated most of these guys were mechanics and they were just like their motto over there is just go fast what will make us go faster and so so he's walking around and they're saying hey dave I, I don't really know how to write this email how do i write this and so he's rewriting emails and he's like this is what i'm doing but um he he had this thing i'm just going to do whatever it takes to serve people to help this team if i can help this guy write an email to make us go faster so that he can work more on, on tuning up the engine or whatever it was that he was doing, then I'm going to do that. And he had this lifestyle of doing whatever, like I keep on saying. And so um, he was serving all of the people around him. And it really it led to that first job that he got right after he, be, yeah. he became an intern. He he was that liaison for the drivers for the organization. So between the the between Joe Gibbs and the drivers, like he was that guy in between, right? Yeah, he ended up yeah having a having a conversation, and they said, "Hey, just talk to him for me." But anyway, he he his whole first he said that his first calling was to be really good at what you do, hmm. and I think that in our society today we've lost that. And you could you can go all the way to being a dad, or being a husband, or being a worker, or being a son, or being a daughter. Just be really good at that, and and. At the end of that, God gets the glory, and you get to you get to see the the fruits of that like immediately. And so, you know, your mission never changes. That 
you're going to be good. I was I was telling you guys early before the podcast. I heard uh, this guy Nick Wal- Walanda, the the Walanda family, and they work in a circus and they walk tight ropes, and and his whole thing was, you you take hours of practice to be able to walk across that tight rope, and at the end you're able to give God the glory, but you still have to practice and do your part and be prepared to get across the other side so that you can give God the glory. And one of the things I love about that story with Dave Alpern with Joe Gibbs Racing is you know, the, he, he said this uh, on the podcast was that the secret sauce for Joe Gibbs Racing and even his own success is that they treat people as souls and not transactions. Yeah. On a racing team. On a racing team. That's about team. beating other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. And, yeah. and their, whole, their whole motto is go fast yeah <laughs> how can we go faster that's that's the purpose of the whole thing and you're like well wait a minute. how does that bring glory to god yeah you would think being human would slow that down yeah well <laughs> and, and if we're treating people as souls then you're serving them and and the best leaders are those that make those around you better if you're making people around you better you have to serve them and you know you it has to be that lifestyle of the basin and the towel and it's it's interesting because i, I think there's something in us that assumes like you know, if you're going to be the most successful, like in business, if you're going to do really, really well, like you got to be ruthless, you know, yeah. like you've got to be willing to cut throats and take names and betray. Like, it, you know, there's even like how movies depict Wall Street, but, but that's not, that's not, I think, fully even the story in a lot of ways. I, I was thinking of Horst Scholes. If, if you don't know who that is, he's the one of the founding members of the Ritz-Carlton. And this is a guy who you know, worked at the bottom of the totem pole in a resort town in Germany. They say about Hortz, they say that he created the service standard for the hotel system worldwide. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is, is that you, you serve people. One of, his, one of his pretty known quotes is he kind of contrasts like, how business is usually done, that we're going to figure out how to make money and we're going to figure out how the customer fits into that. And he contrasts that, and I'll just read this part. He says, the more accurate truth is this, do what the customer loves and the money will follow. He changed the order. He put the person first and you would think that he would lose money, that it would be like a sacrifice or a compromise, but instead he creates one of the most iconic hotels. Like it's like, you know, if I told my wife her anniversary, we're staying at the Ritz Carlton. Could you imagine? Hmm. And well, how does that translate to what we're talking about today, though, with fam as family, or even just leading those that we influence? Right? What What is that? I mean, it's not about making money with my family. So, what What is he saying? What would he say to me? Do what my family loves. Yeah, I think so. And obviously with kids, you know, you have to filter that into what you know is best and not always exactly what they're asking for. But there's also a sense of like, does your kid feel ruled over or does your kid feel led? Hmm. And I I think we're going to get into some stuff that really kind of contrasts the two of those. Like, how do you, how do you do the, how do you do the first one and not the latter? Yeah. And go ahead, Chris. Where do you think where do you think that we got off line on that where serving people was like that's for that's for the you know newbies rather than serving the the higher you go the more you need to serve where did that get flip flopped where do you think that that happened I think I think it goes back to what you said earlier that it's now your turn to be the boss 
and everyone needs to serve me because now I've arrived. I, I've finally, I am finally the the one of the older guys with the most wisdom in the room. Seniority. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's right. That's not what Jesus taught. He taught us to serve people, and that is truly leadership. I was gonna say, I think it goes back to the fall. There's kind of this broken broken way of life and this inherent selfishness that comes into everything. Like, you know, leadership is this noble role as a service to others. We might think that way about like certain public offices, you know, but for the most part, it's like, oh man, that CEO has it made. But what about like he serves and like to reframe that as, oh, he serves an organization of 300 employees even a lot of investors, I, I um I love like finance podcast and financial advice, and a lot of these big name investors, they actually say that they look for the idea that's going to serve humanity best, and they know the money's there, hmm. and and that's where they're really willing to you know play it big. But one, I was just going to mention the passage right before Jesus says the Son of Man came to serve and not be served. He said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. There's just that sense of like, you know, Jesus is always reclaiming, redeeming, reordering what's really supposed to be there all along. Well, you know, along that line, there's this language that I would say the world uses about leadership. If, if you're going to lead well, well, this is what the world would say, tell people what they need to hear and then, you know, go and achieve. You need to win. You need to, you need to be on top and you need to manage the people around you. And the way that you do all this and the way that you continue to grow is you just need to read and get smarter and learn more so that you can be the best leader that you can be. And I think what we came up with, Jesus would tell us something different. The first thing that he would say, rather than tell people what they would need to do or you know tell them what they need to hear as their leader jesus would say connect with them connect with that person that i'm either leading or influencing or ministering to and the question is do i connect with the people in my life yes you do (laughs) scott is so this is something everyone who works at grace i think would recognize scott is you're just so good at this you leadership for you has always been a two-way street. Even as we're recording this podcast, I can't find it. You used to have a sign in here that contrasted the difference between bosses and leaders. Yeah. And, and I, I think we've, I've always felt that way. And I, I think that's where you get a lot of loyalty from everyone who works under you is like, oh man, like, you know, th- this guy will go to bat for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever he asks and you know, we want to make you happy. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're, talking about you know these four things if you go to tell and you the christian way is to say connect i think that um one of the things that that you have done well scott is uh, for, for in my years of knowing you is like when we would do um wednesday morning breakfast and or saturday morning and the first half hour we would we just eat and have fellowship but you try to make sure that you went to every single table shaking their hands you know welcoming them asking them a question you might end up making it halfway through but but it was a relationship and then and then people put up with your teaching it's an amazing thing <laughs> that they were able to that they were able to tolerate it well he's really nice to me he's gonna shake my hand but but the truth of it is like jordy just said you know you've had some hard conversations and had to tell people 
some hard truth or 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 get to the real truth not even tell them but let them get to it and and at the end of the day there's there's a loyalty so i think that when you connect with people you're really able to go ahead and get them to that second point or that third point to achieve yeah i think one of the things i learned in sales actually and and in sports medicine too you know sports medicine i'm I'm caring for people and i'm taking care of their injuries you have to listen you have to hear, hear their story what hurts why does it hurt what'd you do you know but in sales you have to do the same thing what are your needs what are your felt needs and how can my product potentially help you and right. then once you understand what their story is and and you understand their challenges the same is true in in you know your families and or even in ministry when we are taking care of people once you understand their challenges then you can communicate the next step for them are you trying to say you served god in a secular job before you were a pastor i did no, yeah what? No, no. and i i think this is so important because you know someone's listening and it's there maybe there's this disconnect for you of like all right, I go to church and I make money and my gift is my tithe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my gift to the kingdom. And, and then there's there's people on the playing field, you know, there's missionaries and all of that. That that really needs ref- refrain because actually when you serve humanity, you serve God's creation, you're serving Him. And by doing yeah. that in a godly way, that is your calling. And, and th- there's no difference between secular and sacred. Well, I like that, what you just said. There's no difference between secular and sacred. If God is real and He created everything, everything is sacred. Yeah, and that's, right. that's how we need to look at it. I remember... When I was in sales, this goes right along with what you just said. You know, a lot of salespeople, at least in the medical world, they would go up to like the front desk person who really is the gatekeeper to the whole office and they would give them little trinkets or pens. And what I did was I would just start talking to them about their life. And almost every single one of those people had a strained relationship somewhere kids, marriage, maybe the doctor they worked for, whatever. And so I would use the five love languages as an opportunity just to talk about like, this is how you can really improve your relationships. The five love languages, that book is phenomenal in that. And I did it just, I'm building relationships with these people. And what better way to do it than to get into their life, not just giving trinkets, right? Yeah. And so that's how I connected with them so that I could then, you know, build these relationships because sales is all about relationships, right? And if you truly care about people, maybe my product won't help them. But at least I, you know, I've cared for them and they walk away and say, not every salesperson is the same. Yeah. You know, hey, and, and hey, like Jordy. We, yeah. Let me ask you this. The, like with you, you, you're the junior high pastor over there at Grace. How do you, I mean, realistically, you make a relationship with those kids and then you're helping them construct a Christian life, right? Yeah. There's, or you, you're, that's your goal, right? Is so once you connect with them, what's life? the next step for you? Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about that contrast between like achieve and we're saying construct instead. And really what we're saying there is you're trying as a leader, you're trying to build something that contributes to this human cause or to the kingdom of God or to people, right? That like, why does, why does your business exist in the first place? Because it gives people fun. It meets a need. There's no organization or business that exists like just for the heck of it. Like, what do we do? Like there's nothing it's, you know, like people don't do sanitation for fun. It's a real need. People don't make, people make balloons because it gives joy. There's a sense of like, all right, I'm not just trying to achieve and check boxes and build status 
it's like, I want to build people. And so, you know, if that's getting students in the room, all right, we're, we're getting more, we're getting more lives that we have a potential to impact here, you know, really reframing your achievement as no, I'm, I'm building and I'm contributing to what God wants me to contribute to. So that's that's point number two. The first was tell. So rather than telling people, you're connecting with them, building relationships. The second thing is rather than just achieving something, you're constructing, We're building, yeah, building relationships, right, and giving them structure. Building into, and it doesn't have to be relationships. You know, you might do accounting, but instead of thinking, all right. How can I achieve what I need for this next promotion? How can I serve by company by getting the most done? Yeah, that's good. And then the third thing, rather than managing people, you're actually caring for people. Chris, I think you do a great job of caring for people. Like this is, I think one of your number one gifts is you you care really well. Well, and I think that that what happens is when people know you care, you know they'll 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 basically you know they'll go with you. You know, they'll, um, people don't, how does that saying go? People don't, uh, care what you know until they know you care. Yeah. And so they don't really want to know. People don't want to know. They, they're they're like, well, I I really don't care what you have to say. Oh, you care about me. Okay. I want to know. Now I want to know. And so, uh, I've, I've kind of put it, in my business in my, you know, my real estate business and, and just being around people. It's like, you, you have to know them and, and it goes back to relationship too, but you have to know them and you have to care that this is the best thing for them. I've lost a lot of money. It's, it's really difficult doing real estate in the market today because people are like, well, Chris, what do you think? I know that they're asking, asking price, which is 30% more than what it was last week. And we've got to go 40% over the asking price to get this house. And it's like, it's really difficult because you're, you're looking at these people going, I don't know if this is a good choice. And, 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 uh, and sometimes you, you care too much and it's, it's not your call, but you know, that's, you know, that's part of my dysfunction, you know, but, <laughs> but, but you people want it. That's why they keep on coming back to me. Because yeah. they know that it's it's personal that they do well. It's personal for me that you do well, Jordy. It's personal that you are successful, uh, Scott. Because a, you're my friend, and when you do well, I get, I you know, I joke around when everybody when when all my rich friends do better, I get bigger shrimp at the party. I like what you're saying, Chris, because there's this contrast of like there's there's almost like a sac- sacrificial moment of. I'm going to be honest with this person and say, no, lowball yep. this offer and, I, yep. and it's going to bless them because I'm right, but they're going to, but I'm going to make less money because I get a percentage of that sale as a real yeah. estate agent. But in, I believe and maybe not every time, I don't think it's some promise. I think it's more of a proverb. It's a wisdom statement. Yep. But yep. when we live by these principles, well, guess who I'm buying my next house with? Chris saved me like $20,000 last time and right. really cared about my purchase. And then in the long run, do you win out? And we're, we're not saying do this for vain reasons, but I think there is a sense of success. I, um, I, I love the Horst Schultz quotes. I already know I th- threw one in, you know, but I thought this was so interesting. Chris, you mentioned reading his book. This was in his book as well. We are superior to the competition because we hire employees who work in an environment of belonging and purpose. 
We foster a climate where the employee can deliver what the customer wants. You cannot deliver what the customer wants by controlling the employee. There's a sense of like, you know, it's almost like you're better. You're better for being genuine. You're better for caring for people. And it, the, the res, it always feels like, it feels like, you know, oh, we're, we're sacrificing, we're being people-driven, we're giving up on revenue. But in the long run, it's like a lot of these things actually pay off. Like they this do. is practical for managers, for leaders, well, not well, just and, pastors. And, and, and this is what Jesus says at the end of chapter 13, the, you know, the, the basin and the towel section. He says this, this is actually a new command that I give to you. I want you to love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. And by this... The world will know, men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And the way that we love one another is through really living out this basin and the towel mentality. Like the, it's a soul, it's a DNA thing. Like, like how can, it's not a DNA thing, it's a soul thing. Like how can I live this way instead of the way that my sin nature wants to live, which is it's all about me. He's saying, no, 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 no. we're going to flip it. And it has to be all about the other. It has to well, be all about and, the other. And one of the things that I think that uh, kind of we forget about, and I'm probably throwing a little wrench in here, but it's it's there's a place where we have to say the truth to people. And and when we tell them the truth, we're really caring about them. Now, we just don't walk up and say, hey, you know, by the way, uh, that uh, painting you did really sucks. And yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a place there. There's a place where I know Joyce talks about um, she she had this conversation with somebody and was like it was really going to be hard, but it was really pushing on her. And she, she fast for a couple of days beforehand and went in and, and told this person a really, really hard truth. I mean, that was it was in your face hard truth but as she did that person has been more loyal to her than i mean giving her more accolades and and it went from from you know a to z and in one conversation and, and so i think that there's a when we care for people we're actually willing to to do the difficult things have a conversation with them even though we know that we know the right answer and they they just need someone to to bring us through. I'm and, glad and, you said that. Yeah, and 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 that can be so many different things too, Chris. It it might be saying a challenging word to them. It might be making dinner for them. It might be that this is the person that this this could be a person who maybe didn't treat you well, but God's calling you to treat them well. And, yeah, yeah. And I like I like that Chris said that because when we talk about switching, you know, as a, as a leader, switching manage for care. Yeah. And saying I'm going to care. It's actually it there's it sounds like cuddly and weak, but it actually takes even more strength because you're emotionally oh, yeah. connected, but you still do the hard stuff. Yep. You oh, still yeah. you're still honest with someone if they're not the right fit. You know, hey, sorry, it's not going to work out here. You still step into conflict, you still fire people, you, you still, you know, you challenge people the s- same level of challenge, all of that. You just and, do it and- in a way that honors the Lord and that person. As much and that as brings us to our last point to to um, to uh, abide, and and I think that there's there's a lot of that um, is you, you need I need to abide in in the word. I need to where's that verse that says you know abide in me and I will uh, abide in me and I will abide in you. Ask whatever you want and it will be given to you. There's something you know that's an old word yeah but but when we yeah, abide john, john, john 15 5 it says this i'm the vine you are the branches if a man remains in me 
and I in him, then he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's all about abiding in him and, and that, that abiding, it, it's, it's really challenging. You know, it's, there's a couple visualizations that I've heard over the years. One is it's that grafting of a tree branch into another tree. So one apple tree, you take one branch and you graft it into another and, and it gets all the nutrients from the vine, right? Or from the trunk. And, and that's how it survives. Another visualization that I heard was it's like taking the oxygen when you're on an airplane and you know, things around you are going haywire. I've never been on a plane like this, but if you have to get oxygen, you have to put the oxygen on yourself first you have to feed yourself right and then you can feed then you can take care of other people and that's really what abiding in christ is all about is being in christ and when we do that when we feed ourselves with god's word then we can bear much fruit and that fruit is a family that becomes a better version of itself which means the whole family is becoming more and more like jesus or it could be your whole organization it could be your branch it could be your area that you are working with or it could be your friendships and this is what it's all about jesus washed feet and he called us to do the same thing he was a man of the basin and the cloth and he's called us to live the same way he's called me to love my wife maureen the same way that jesus loves his church and both of these mean serving those that i lead and influence i i think the big thing is really to sit down and just start reframing like Hmm. how do i how do i think when it comes to fatherhood when it comes to marriage when it comes to my role and how do i look at the people below me and in the world's eyes below me and how how would jesus have me look at those people and you know just start answering those questions and taking just one step at a time cool that was awesome Thanks. <laughs> that's why we that's why we asked him to be on this podcast. We needed someone to bring a little bit of wisdom to the whole table. Right. Too bad he's only like seventeen years old. <laughs> I'm twelve. Well, guys, hey, thanks for tuning in and thanks for being with us for 12 months now um, as we've been just trying to help ourselves, but also just, you know, if there's anything that we can do as guys to encourage one another to continue pressing on to be become the the version the better version that god's called us to become that that's really what we want so guys thanks for listening thanks for just supporting pressing on and don't forget go to black burning coffee guys have a great month and we'll see you in july see you